Hello, I'm Nikki Chadwick. What exactly is the circular economy and how can it make a massive contribution to saving our natural assets, minimizing waste and pollution, and to tackling global challenges such as climate change and biodiversity loss? That's what we're going to find out. The circular economy is a different way of thinking about how we produce and consume, using resources more efficiently by using them more than once. In this episode, we're going to look at how cities, which are the largest consumers of energy and materials, are managing resources better and more efficiently. Currently, 56% of the global population live in cities, which is predicted to rise to 68% by 2050. Today, cities consume over 75% of natural resources, produce over 50% of global waste, and emit between 60 and 80% of greenhouse gases. But that can change if cities embrace the circular economy. Joining me now is Sophie Brack, Deputy Mayor for Economic Affairs for the city of Ghent in Belgium. Sophie, thank you very much for joining us. Sophie, why should cities be interested in the circular economy? Glad to be here. I think we, we should all be interested in a circular economy. I think we all know that our planet has basically come to its end on the use of, of new materials. And so the strains that, that these put on the planet are enormous. And so we, we should start on saving our planet and, and making it healthy again. And a circular economy is one way to do that. Um, we think that the city plays an, an exemplary role for the community and for its citizens. A lot of things start in the cities uh, in, uh, throughout the world. And so circular economy should get started in the cities as well. We also believe that um, the willingness of people in a city to create a big impact on what they're doing is actually very natural. Um, cities are obviously impacted by the climate change. And we're experiencing quite some pressure from the citizens um, to, to do better and, uh, and to invest in a in circular uh, economy. How did the city of Ghent become active in pursuing a circular economy agenda? We have a, a couple of things that we are doing in, uh, in Ghent as, as quite a front-runner in that area. For instance, in an organization as uh, it's called Energent, um, and actually it's, it's a cooperative organization for renewable energy, and we help uh, all our citizens to isolate their homes and to make actually renewable energy within their, uh, their houses. What have been some of the key challenges and how can these be addressed to make the city even more circular? First of all, we believe that, that it's necessary to have an overall strategy. And for our city, that overall strategy is actually to become climate neutral by 2050. You will say 2050, that's quite some time left. Um, but we believe that becoming climate neutral for a whole city by 2050 uh, 50 is quite a challenge. And uh, we don't want to put out an ambition there and then not achieving it. That's why our ambition is to become climate neutral by uh, 2050. 50. And we're working on that on, on different levels. First of all, we have a couple of spearheads and acquisitions where we are really working on. We are focusing in our economic policy on uh, clean tech. Uh, for instance, we are working on projects for CO2 caption in, uh, in our harbour. 
We are also investing in our local food strategy via the Sparehand Fund. Um, we are um, in the purchase of our own materials, really investing in circular materials. When we are building a new building, for instance, for our city administration, we're really looking on doing that with circular materials. Also for our local housing policy, we use brownfields. It's actually a collection of neglected land, and we use them to build new uh, houses. So in our harbour, we're part of uh, North Sea Port. That's quite a big harbour in Belgium, but also the south of the Netherlands. And there we're working on different projects um, to, uh, to have CO2 caption in the harbour, but also CO2 reuse in new industries and in new products. What have been some of the key challenges and how can these be addressed to make the city even more circular? I think the, the biggest challenge for a lot of people to uh, to get into a circular uh, economy is the additional costs. A lot of these technologies are uh, are pricey and it's not uh, easy to convince everyone of the benefits because it takes a uh, considerable time until it pays off. And so what we are feeling is that it's quite a challenge to get people convinced to step in. It's not easy to get everyone aboard. There's a perception that you have to deprive yourself of a lot of things in order to live in a circular way or in order to live a circular life. And so two challenges are actually the main challenges that we are, that we are feeling and that we are facing. But we're trying to convince people that it's, that it's worthwhile to, to take the steps. For instance, we have created a pathway uh, where, where people walk on uh, and we're doing that in renewable materials and in circular to show really people that it is possible. The same stones can be used in the houses of people. And so when they see that we can literally make roads with it and make pathways with it, maybe they get uh, convinced to use it in their house uh, as well. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we've had Design Fest. That's a big festival that showed people on how beautiful renewable design and circular design can be. Design should not always be with new materials. There's a lot of very beautiful design to be made uh, with renewable materials. And so we're actually using uh, the fact that we as a city administration have an exemplary role in getting people bored and getting them to step in as well. Putting the circular economy into practice for residents is one thing, but what about visitors? Ghent is a popular tourist destination, but how does the city factor in the circular economy in its approach to tourism? For instance, everybody... I don't know everybody, but a lot of people will know the Ghent festivities. That's a huge festival in the month of July. One million visitors are coming to our city in 10 days' time just to, to party and to listen to music and to have a drink. During that event, one million visitors using plastic drinking cups, but that are renewable all the time. So that it's not waste and that it's not materials that we just throw away, but really reuse of materials in that period. What we also do is that leftover foods from restaurants um, to take with you. We also have a, a program to goods to go, foods that is that is good for just one one day. We have 
have programs on how to sell them as well and do that at a cheap price. But also local markets for secondhand bikes and even clothing um, are, are really shown on our uh, visit website to all the tourists that are come. So we're not only promoting the normal shops, but we're really promoting uh, the, the circular shops and the shops who are really into secondhand clothing and, and secondhand bikes and uh, all sorts of materials. Can cities on an international scale learn from one another's approaches to become more circular and sustainable? course. Um, I've always said that um, cities are, are actually the front runners when it comes to the big challenges that the world is facing today. And when it comes to circular economy, we have a lot to share. We, uh, for instance, are really investing in clean tech. That's one of our pillars for becoming the next capital of technology of Europe. It would be great to benchmark our progress against other cities that are really working in that field of, uh, of clean uh, technology. Ghent has... Um, a strong tradition of international collaboration, networking, but also uh, policy uh, advocacy. Ghent is very good connected to the world and, and the whole world seems to be present in, in Ghent, which is a nice thing. I, I strongly believe in internationalization. It's not an aim, but it's really a necessi necessity and a means to, uh, to address local needs and societal challenges in, in a global context. Our planet is in danger and we'll have to rescue it altogether. And the cities have to be the front runners in, uh, in that perspective. I've already explained to you that, uh, that we are able aiming to get to be uh, climate neutral by uh, by 2050 but that means that we will have to work on very different areas uh, we will we'll need a broad range of measures in in various fields i'm thinking about circular economy but also energy mobility care, education, employment, innovation, culture. There's a whole set of domains to work on and to do that along with other uh, cities. We as a city in Ghent, we are a very active participant and we strongly believe that cities can learn uh, from fellow cities and really uh, be uh, inspired. Um, international dialogues, exchanges are, are really the way forward. And uh, through our participation in, uh, in the UNIC Forum of Mayors, we hope to have succeeded in making the cities of the UNIC region more visible and our city voices heard among the decision makers. And one example of, of how cities can really inspire each other. Um, I have heard from our mayor, uh, the mayor of Ghent, how uh, Utrecht, uh, that's a city in the Netherlands, uh, presented how it is resorting to waterways as a main urban transport mode. And for example, we as a city, we have a lot of water in our city center as well. So we strongly believe in the potential of waterborne mobility. And so really seeing on how Utrecht is doing this right now is for us a big inspiration to work on that uh, as well. Sophie, thank you very much for joining us. Joining me now is Galnara Rolm, Secretary to the Committee on Urban Development, Housing and Land Management at UNECE. Galnara is a senior expert in environmental policy, urban planning and sustainable development. Galnara, thank you very much for joining us. We've heard from Sophie Brack about the incredible work that's happening in Ghent and the importance of sharing best practices. 
How does UNECE contribute to the circularity of cities, particularly in transition economies, bearing in mind that the situation and needs vary considerably from one city to another? Thank you, Nikki, and thank you so much for the invitation. I think Sophie brought very important points. What I really liked was the importance of the strategic approach, because to promote circularity, it's very important to have kind of a longer-term strategy, a longer-term city strategy. It's also very important that the strategy is comprehensive. It doesn't include only one topic because, of course, city is dealing with multiple sectors uh, from energy, food, uh, urban transport, uh, demographics, and environment. So all these topics need to be interconnected uh, in this long-term strategy of a city to become circular. What I also liked very much, what Sophie explained, the importance of synergies and coordination of different city policies between climate neutrality. She mentioned that the city would like to get climate neutral by 2050. And the policy for circularity is really supporting the climate neutrality policy of the city as well. So I think this synergies and coordination of different policies is very important. And going back to a question, uh, Nikki, about uh, how we help in countries with economies in transition, I think this is the first thing what we usually do is uh, really to help cities to develop the intersectoral comprehensive approach, because a traditional way for city to work is in a way very sectoral way where housing unit of city government uh, is not cooperating with the innovation unit of uh, city government or urban planning department is not working with the transport departments. Again, you know, bringing the parallel between what the Ghent city government is doing and what is a challenge for many cities um, in countries with economy in transition is capacity. Ghent, as uh, one of the very old city with very high capacity, with uh, sufficient funding to implement its policy, has capacity, has human resources as a city government to uh, implement Uh, different circular city policies. And this is what is lacking in many cities uh, in countries with economies in transition. It also includes, for instance, the topic of uh, working with innovation. Again, um, the city of Ghent explained that uh, they're doing a very innovating and I think very exciting project on the CO2 capture. And this is something which not every city can afford to do because it requires highly specialized uh, expertise of uh, researchers, uh, decision makers, engineers. So innovation and engagement of academia is very important. And again, this is not what is happening in many countries with economies in transition, where universities not necessarily working to contribute to the city policies implementation. And finally, the topic is about uh, public engagement. A big work is uh, listening to the public and also engaging public in the designing the policies through different events, kind of the online uh, communication, and also making sure that any public uh, events also include kind of circular components. So I think we learned quite a lot from uh, from the city of Ghent, who is a very active participant of the UN Forum of Mayors that UNEC is coordinating. We work with the cities uh, on a very concrete level, so I could bring you some examples. In the city of Bishkek in Kyrgyzstan, for instance, we are working now for the last three years where we developed smart sustainable city profile for the city of Bishkek. 
which is based on a very detailed analysis based on the uh, multiple indicators of KPIs on smart sustainable cities, then created policy recommendations, and then we developed action plan for the city how to uh, promote uh, sustainable, including the circular development at the city level. Uh, in the process, we found that city needed the capacity. Also, city needed uh, a unit or a part of the city government which would bring really different sectors together. So we are happy that as a result of this work, uh, the city government of Bishkek created an innovation center, which is actually uh, ensuring cooperation between different departments of the city government and developing very specific projects which are supporting uh, kind of a development of the circular and climate neutral policies at the city level. Now we are running this kind of projects in eight cities in the UNICE region, mostly in Central Asia, in Caucasus, in Southeastern Europe. So this is kind of really an everyday, very hard, a very intensive work with the city governments, really helping them to learn by doing not just having uh, workshops from time to time, and also through the partnerships uh, which are created through uh, UNEC platforms. And of course, Forum of Mayors is a very important platform. Uh, it is now team of specialists that decided by the executive committee of UNEC. So I think Forum of Mayors is one of the very important vehicles how to promote exchange of these best practices and help the cities in countries with transition to learn. So for those cities who are short on finances, shall we say, the examples of best practices are there for them to follow. But how can you help them if they don't have the finances to support what they really want to do and how they could make a great move towards a circular city? Well, Nick, I'm working now with this Committee on Urban Development over 10 years, and I will tell you that uh, usually money is not really a problem. When there is a capacity that city has, uh, when there is a, a clear list of ideas and projects that city has, uh, it's possible to raise funds for implementation of these policies. Building capacity is really the priority. And if you speak about financing, uh, we uh, basically have several approaches of assisting cities with countries with transition. First of all, we help them to develop a portfolio of projects, because without a portfolio project, any uh, investment organization, any international financial organization would never speak even to the city. So, for instance, coming back to the city of Bishkek, uh, we help to develop a comprehensive program of improvement of informal settlements. Of course, informal settlements is a huge challenge for many cities in countries with economic transition because of the wider issue. The wider issue is urban sprawl. Uh, when the city doesn't have a capacity to manage, to manage its development, city sprawls and then there are informal settlements appear where there is no transport infrastructure, there is no water supply and sanitation infrastructure, there are no schools, so it really aggravates any urban problems. So first of all, we uh, help Bishkek uh, through the smart city profile to develop uh, policy recommendations and also a portfolio of specific projects. Then we help to build capacity of this innovation center, which is now generating on its own uh, the list of the projects. 
Third, we established connection to the City Development Initiative with Asia, which is managed by the Asian Development Bank, which now provided 500,000 for pre-investment into the informal settlements. And this project is starting in February this year. And as these pre-investments allow really to prepare very specific uh, project documents, next week we are having a meeting with uh, both Asian Development Bank uh, and European Investment Banks, where European Investment Bank already will be able to bring very specific investments. It is really step-by-step approach. You cannot jump from a wishful thinking into the, into the funding. It's a long-term process, kind of regular process of uh, building the capacity, uh, which result in, in financing. So I think capacity is very, very important in order to get the financing, and financing is there. And how important do you think it is that the public really engage with helping the authorities to make their cities move towards a circular economy? For instance, green transportation. We all know the importance of using public transport bike sharing, encouraging electric vehicles. How important is it that the public really get on board with this? Thank you very much, Nikki, for this question. The public engagement is extremely, extremely important. In order to engage public, again, the city government needs to have capacity. It's not that today morning the mayor wakes up and says, oh, I will engage the public. It's again, it's uh, whom to provide information, which information to provide, through which channel. Population in a city is heterogeneous. They all have different requirements to the city, to its services. So you need to reach them in different ways. So the channels of communication and engagement are very different for different groups of population. So uh, only having online platform, which now is... uh, becoming very active. And of course, this is very kind of cost-effective solution. It's a good start. For instance, we know that in Milano, in order to develop the urban mobility, which reflects the needs of the working population of the city, was a study of the telecommunication networks, where people are located, at which places, how they travel. So by using the studies of mobile telephone locations, Absolutely, this helps that specific project. But uh, what we started from today's discussion is that the comprehensive strategy includes many, many sectors. So for each sector, for each topic, you need to reach specific public segment in a in a very comprehensive way. And this is where UNEC, together with its partners, also developing uh, very concrete approaches of how to include public. For instance, through universities, through engaging of students. Last time I was in Bishkek, uh, I also uh, made a lecture at university, at local university, where students said, oh, we would like to contribute to the same smart, sustainable city strategies of the city by helping to do surveys of the population. But again, it will be a segment of young people. So in summary, it's, it's extremely important, but public engagement is a very big professional area of work for which the city has to have a capacity. City has to have a specific department. And in many cities, there is a living lab or smart sustainable city office, which is specifically working with the public engagement. And this work needs to be enhanced uh, because only when 
all the instruments and policies on promoting circularity in cities, on promoting climate neutrality in cities, fit the needs of specific segments of the population, these policies will work. That's a fascinating answer. Thank you, Gunnara. What do you think are the biggest challenges that lay ahead to ensure that everybody is on board? So the authorities who are implementing these these particular actions and the public themselves in embracing what the cities really want to do towards a sustainable economy. I think the priority is a political commitment from the local governments, because if there is no political commitment to promote the circularity at city level, nothing happens because it is the city council who actually allocate funds for specific policies. They also decide on priorities. Of So what is fundamental is a political priority comes from the electorate. It comes from people who elect the specific city officials. So what I would like to highlight is the importance of promoting education about circularity among young people, students, school children. So when people are educated of importance and the specific topics uh, of circularity at the local level, then they become aware citizens who are able to also elect the local government as a local council, which is actually will be reflecting their needs to promote circular economy. So I think this is the first, this kind of political dimension, I think, fundamental. Secondly, this educational aspect uh, is really fundamental. Uh, and the third aspect I would bring is, again, importance of the innovation, research and technological development. Because, uh, of course, if we have energy-efficient building, we have effective management of solid waste management or affordable housing or effective urban mobility, all the problems will be solved. And technical solutions exist. They can be implemented in each city at any moment. There are also places like Forum of Mayors by UNEC where you can exchange these practices. But if there is no electorate educated, to promote the circular city approaches. If there is no expertise in academia to do that, if there is no political will at the city government, if all the stars don't align, the circular economy at city level doesn't happen. Let's hope that that doesn't happen. But also, what are you most encouraged by with all the incredible work that is going on in so many cities around the world? Well, I'm very, very excited to hear at the UN Forum of Mayors that mayors, they are very much willing to exchange experiences and learn from each other. I also very much encouraged by the innovation processes which are taking place. And when I see that at the local government levels, I just recently visited Tirana in Albania, Almaty in Kazakhstan, Bishkek in Kyrgyzstan, we're working in Podgorica, Montenegro. So we are very much encouraged by commitment of the cities, by their preparedness to work internationally, exchange experiences, and also implement the gained knowledge through this international cooperation at the city level. So this is why I'm very happy that the efforts of UNEC are appreciated. There have been some incredible innovations and and continue to be. What would you say is the particular one that stands out for you? Well, Nikki, 
I think for me, the most exciting are those city examples which are which seem to be very simple. We at UNIC produce some named guide for circular cities, and I, I would be really happy to share a link to this guide, which has quite many examples of best practices. So I think reuse of consumer goods and tool learning is is a topic which is seems to be very simple when you don't buy, but you reuse, you use, you share. For instance, in Toronto, they have uh, like sharing collaborative city, loaning home and gardening tools. In London, they have Crystal Palace Library of Things. In Delhi, in India, they have recycling uh, of discarded textiles. Uh, in Munich, they have uh, like secondhand store as a hotspot for local circle economy. In Finland, there is a very widespread consumer goods and tool loaning. So I think in many cities, this kind of seems to be very simple grassroots tools. They are very small ones, say they are very kind of community-based and very much bottom-up. But I think this is the most exciting because speaking about the public involvement, while the cities are developing their own policies, I think that the local population, which is educated, they also do quite a lot. And by reusing tools, books, they really help to promote the circular economy at the, at the community level. Uh, reducing food waste, I think that another, another topic, and again, there are many, many examples. For instance, in Oslo, there is also treatment of food waste, garden waste, and sludge from the wastewater. So many, many examples of it. Uh, I also would bring participatory urban planning because one of the importance of the city level is uh, to promote compact living, compact cities. It definitely helps us uh, to promote circular economy, but also climate neutral economy. Anything on digitalization, I think this is also a very important topic. And this is where, again, the cities like Amsterdam or Toronto, they are working quite a lot. Construction materials and, of course, uh, waste management, and what is close to my heart is affordable housing. In many countries, in New York, in the city of Vienna, for instance, many projects of kind of cohabitation of old young people, people from different disadvantaged groups, very many examples which can be implemented. But again, I would like to stress, Nikki, that the key is in political commitments of city to do that. Gunnara, you've given us so much to think about. Thank you very, very much indeed for joining us. Thank you very much, Nikki. You've been listening to One World Zero Waste, The Circular Economy Explained. Please use the hashtag One World Zero Waste to share your thoughts and look out for another episode shortly. The podcast is produced by Gianluca Alaria. Thank you for listening.